Okay, so we're uh, really about to dig into some of the mechanics of tefillah. And we're in the second parak of Nesiv Ha'avoda. So the morale opens this new part, um, adding to what we left off, which was that tefillah is fundamentally turning to Hashem, asking to receive something that really we don't deserve. So he asks the big philosophical question, which I'd actually be curious to know how many of you have asked this question or have heard it addressed. If indeed a person is not deserving of getting whatever it is that they're praying for, maybe a person should just have a muna, have faith in Hashem, that Hashem knows best, and if you're not yet deserving, so then you don't get it. If I'm deserving, I'll get it. If I'm not deserving, I won't get it. And let Hashem run the show. You don't have to try to run the world on Hashem's behalf. Has anyone asked that question before? If you need it, Hashem will give it to you. If you need it, you're deserving it. Hashem will give it to you. And if you don't need it or you're not deserving, and Hashem doesn't want to give it to you, so don't twist his hand into it. Don't twist his arm. That's the rain. When Adam Marishan was created, the, the, the master's rain was There was no rain. So you Keep realize, going. You realize you have to die. Right. I'm saying, we had a philosophical argument before away. If we didn't dive in, it wouldn't be rain. Okay. So why not? Okay. So that's that's uh, so do, so David is uh, David is saying that. There's the way that Hashem set up the world is we're not meant to be able to merit directly in everything. Part of the setup is that the meriting is actually in the asking. In, in the, that question fundamentally comes from an assumption that the world operates with one attribute called justice or midas hadin. Din is I worked for you for 10 hours. You told me you're going to pay me $20 an hour. You owe me $200. That's the, you owe it to me. I, this is the agreement. I follow the rules. Now you need to give it to me. And uh, that is one way that Hashem runs the world with Midas Adin. But there's another way that Hashem runs the world called Midas Chesed, where Hashem just gives you things without you even being deserving or asking or anything. That's also, you know, another route. It's a different route. And then there's a third route called Rachamim, mercy, where even though we're undeserving, but by turning to Hashem and asking Him and acknowledging Him, like we discussed in the first parak, acknowledging Hashem as the King, as the one who is in control over everything, then... Hashem gives it to us even though we're not deserving. But Rachamim is only if you ask. Chesed is I'll, I'll send a bouquet of flowers to you just to make, to make, uh, to make your wife happy, right? It's, it's such a big uh, contributor to the, uh, you know, the colo functioning could never happen if not for all the Nishayichayel, all the wonderful women behind all the men uh, supporting them. So, so as a nice gesture, someone might send a bouquet in appreciation of that. She didn't ask for it. That's chesed. We already gave an example of din before, where I worked for you 10 hours, $20, $20 an hour, it's $200. Rachamim is, I'm in a difficult situation. You know, I'm a good employee, but right now I'm sure I can't. Can I get an advance? You're not deserving an advance. But if you ask, and you are a good employee, and you do try, I'll give you the advance. Yeah? 
So that's that's number one. What's uh, what's what? Uh, Hamla is undeserving. Wouldn't that also be Rachamim? That would be, be, be Chesed, I think. That would be from the side of Chesed. If it's, if it's unde- undeserving at all, at all meaning there's no. Rachamim is, you, is you're a good recipient. I don't have to give it to you, but, but, it, but, but it's a worthwhile cause. It's a good cause. That's Rachel. Good. Well, that would be, yeah, that would be maybe like a chesed gone wrong. But again, uh, I'll say, say theoretically, you, you walk over to a stranger and you give him, you give him, you give him a brown. You make a campaign, right? I'm going to go around, I'm going to, Carry a big bag, big backpack filled with brownies, right? And every tenth person that I see that maybe he doesn't have a smile on his face, I'm gonna give him a brownie. That's how I'm gonna bring, I'm gonna make everyone happy in the world, right? I'm gonna hand out brownies, it's gonna make people really happy, right? So that's chesed. The person didn't do anything to deserve this brownie, didn't even do anything to not earn the brownie. It's different earning, deserving, or just getting for no reason. Earning means it's my brownie. <laughs> hey, give me my brownie. Deserving means you, you behave really well, and it was my brownie, but because you behave well, I'll give you the brownie. Yeah? And then there is gifting, where I just give you the brownie because I want to see a smile on your face. That, that's that's chesed. That's chesed. Yeah, well, don't worry about the chesed. Let's just, just talk about the three. So the, the, but the chesed is the, I, th- I thought the example you guys, the bouquet of flowers, that, that's, that's, ju- that's deserving just, to like, No, 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 no. Just, just say, just the case of a brownie, I'll give you a brownie because I want to see the smile on your face. You didn't do anything. Okay? So those are the three examples of brownies. Okay. So again, if a person were to ask, why do you pray three times a day? Why, just accept what it is Hashem says, it gives to you, and that's it. And says, what Hashem is going to give me anyway, is either going to be bedin, because you know there's a you know, somehow I don't know if there's really you know, Hashem set up rules in a certain way. You do this thing, then it happens. Or it might be bechesed. But rachamim requires an establishment of connection and an appeal to the fact that although I, you don't owe it to me, but it would but it would be so meaningful to me and it would be so important for me if you would give it to me. Okay, that's one. Okay, and that's again back to our point we discussed last time, why it is that the the Chazal say Mesir Ozno Mishmoa Torah Kamt Filoso Toeva someone who turns his ear from away from listening to Torah even his prayer is uh, repulsive to Hashem. We well, said part of the reason is because prayer is you're coming for Rachamim, you're coming for mercy. So, therefore, you, if in that very act there's some sort of an aspect of insulting the one to whom you're coming because you're turning away from his will, he expressed his will to you, and you push it over to the side, let's talk about what I want, right? Let's not, let's not focus on what you want. Let's talk about what I want. That's, that's a conversation killer. You just, that's it. You don't even bother opening your mouth. I don't want, I'm not interested. Right? That's first of all. Second question, we learn that, uh, and we will we'll actually bring the Gemara later on, but we know that tefillah has to be bepet. It has to be actual words that we utter, words that we say. Why does it have to be words that we say? Why can't I just sit and think? Hashem knows my thoughts. He doesn't, he doesn't need to hear it out of my mouth. He knows what I'm thinking. Many people like to meditate, and they might even meditate on certain mantra or certain idea that they focus, they hone in on this idea, and, and that idea might be a desire for a particular thing. And they say, you know, prayer, no, it doesn't do for me. If I meditate, 
and I focus and I think about this thing, how much I want it, how important it is, then that's much more powerful and God can understand my thoughts. Why is that not a sufficient or even maybe a preferred way of prayer? You have an answer? Well, hold on. You have a, if you have an answer, then questions we're taking, answers we're not taking, because we're going to give precedent to the rabbi. The maral gets first dibs at answers. If he leaves off something with a tzarech iun, then you get a go, okay? You're the pinch hitter, okay? No, okay, hey, do we have questions? No? Okay. So to that, he says like this. Who is the one that is turning to Hashem for mercy? Who is the one that's meant to recognize that he is lacking and needs the following thing? It's man. Man, not, there's, there's two parts to man. One is our physical body and one is our spiritual or intellectual part. Those are the two, the spiritual and emotional. As a man is a composite of those two. Angels are purely spiritual or intellectual. Animals are purely physical. And man is the only... Did you guys do that in Derek Shem yet? And man is the only... Where, where is that? That's in the fifth parak of Chela Kalaf, right? You're not up to there yet? Okay. So, man is the only creature that is a composite of these two together. So, now, if I am sitting and thinking, so then it's the spiritual part of me. Spiritual part, it's like an angel. Angel is not lacking anything. Right? But let's say you say, okay, but the person is lacking something. Okay. But the lack is... Not, be, not in my neshama, the lack is in my physicality or in my emotions or whatever it is, right? Or even in, in the Torah that I'm learning, but the point is, maybe I'll say it a little bit differently. Take a step back, I'll say it a bit differently. Okay, so we've got the spiritual, we've got the physical. And then we have the sum total of man. In other words, the, when you take those two and you combine them, there's a new thing called man. Adam. Adam is the composite of those two. Now, where is the center of gravity? Where is the real man? If I, if I say, hey, uh, has, anyone, has anyone seen uh, Yosef? So he, so he goes, here I am, right? And, and the person will usually put their hand on their heart. Here I am, I'm over here, right? Very rarely will you have a person say, here I am, and pat his head, right, or point to his head, right? Why? Because this, the, the definition of man is never on one of the two extremes. Not, I shouldn't say never, almost never. We're going to see soon one exception, uh, rare exceptions, but almost never in the extremes. Not, my definition is not my physicality. My definition is also not my spirituality. My definition is I am someone who works in between the two worlds. That's who I am. That's what most of us are. And that's called the koach word, power of speech. Speech is where the intellectual or the spiritual is expressed in the physical. And that's why speech comes from the vocal cords which are in the neck, which, com which connect the mind with the heart, okay? So that's where speech comes out as a result of those two, okay? That's why Adam is fundamentally called Nefesh uh, Chaya, uh, which the Targum over there says, uh, a speaking soul. Man, man is defined as one who speaks, as the one who is a bridge between the spiritual and the physical. And therefore, the, it has to be the Iker Adam, the, the, the real man, the, the, the essential man who turns to Hashem in Tzila. And that is the speaking man. 
If you do it just through meditation, it's not the real you. In other words, meditation is to a certain extent cold and still, right? It's, 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 it's in the realm of thought, which is, I guess, why people find it very tranquil over there, right? You go into there, it's very tranquil. But, you know, the feel that we have on Rosh Hashanah, on Yom Kippur, where you're standing in front of the king and you're talking to him about, you know, the most important things in your life, you're not going to have that in meditation because until, until you even hear your own voice, it doesn't become real. And speaking something out makes it real. I mean, like we said before, the physical is incapable of prayer. Remember we said, the world stands on three things. So the Torah is intellectual. Torah you can learn without speaking. And that's a connection that we have to Hashem through the intellectual, through the spiritual. In the Gemilus Chasadim, I go and I do an act of kindness to someone else. How does that, does anybody remember what we said? Why does that make it that the world stands on that? How is it that I, I, that I exist through doing acts of kindness? Do you remember? Because your body really is incapable of having a connection to Hashem. Because it's physical. So how does it exist? Through chesed. Through the chesed of Hashem. Hashem gives it life. Even though your body is not at all connected, not at all drawing that life force, Hashem gives it as a chesed. Why should Hashem give your body life as a chesed? Do you remember? Mida keneged mida. We do chesed with other people's bodies. I give him a sandwich when he's hungry. Yeah, I give him a blanket when he's cold. So mida keneged mida. Hashem gives my body life. That was this to me the 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 amud of gmilus chasadim is how our body is connected to Hashem. The amud of Torah is mitzada din, in the sense that I'm connected to spirituality, I'm learning Hashem's thought, and that realm, I'm, I'm like an angel. So I'm connected to Hashem directly. Tefillah is where I turn to Hashem with Rachamim, where, where, where I turn to Hashem and I say, even though I'm physical, but I am capable of recognizing you as my Melech, as my King. I am capable of expressing to you my needs and my challenges and connecting and appealing through the channel of Rachamim to receive. Now, you should know that there are going to be other ways to look at it where we see the Amud of Avoda as being dim. But this is uh, in this, in this approach that the moral takes himself will take different approaches depending on what the subject is but as far as the world standing on these three pillars the uh, like he said that tefillah is through the nefesh the nefesh is us spilling our life force so to speak right our our energy when you speak is to exert energy thought is very calm, very effortless, thinking, relaxed, whatever it is, that's meditation. But if we want the real person speaking to Hashem, that has to be through speech, through Dibur. If I is singing, because I know uh, uh, Rabbi had a long time ago said, we're the only people who sing our sins, if I is with Hashamnu and so on. That also has to do with the nefesh. Singing is connected to the nefesh. Yeah. Why you in order to sing, you have to it has to come out of your mouth. Okay. For sure. You can sing in your head, but you know. Yeah, not gonna, not gonna do it. The head, the head is not doesn't doesn't uh, relate to that. Okay, good. So that is 
Yeah. In other words, a person who is purely intellectual is a, is a place where you're the most worthy worthy of um, having a connection. In tefillah, we're approaching saying, I'm not worthy. In learning of Torah, there's a certain level of um, I understand what you're saying. I mean, that's right. I mean, Hashem is saying something and I'm like, oh, I got it. I understood that. I, I understood your command. I understood your instructions. We are now on par. We're, we're now connect, we're in the same level, same wavelength. Right? You're saying this and I'm understanding it. Is it is, whereas in tefillah, is, I'm turning to Hashem saying, Hashem, I'm, you're the king. I'm the subject. I, I've got nothing. You have everything. Okay. Now, now that we said that tefillah has to be through speech, now we're going to start backpedaling. Okay? Why? Because we were going to want that it should be as little speech as possible. In other words, there's a dynamic between body and soul. Right? That's what speech is. But we, you want to go as high as possible. If you leave speech altogether, it's not the real you. So it doesn't work. But on the other hand, for example, whether I speak softly or loudly, it's speech. Speech it is either way. It's expressing my thoughts. So the difference when I amplify my decibels is I'm involving more and more of my physicality, more and more of my body. It's the same thought. But now, instead of whispering it, I'm screaming it. A lot more body involved in the same exact level of thought. And even to a certain extent, the thought can be drowned out by the, by the volume. Okay? So says the, says the Gemara and Brachas that we learn from Hana, the way that she prayed, we learn to pray that way ourselves. And we, we, first of all, we see that she spoke. In her prayer, we see, we see that she actually spoke. Her lips were moving. And there's an obligation, again, like we said earlier, for a person to speak. Speech means that there is air traveling along your vocal cords. Um, in fact, if I could take it aside and, and mention a little bit of an interesting question. What about air traveling along your vocal cords backwards? I mean, speaking while inhaling. Now, you guys are all thinking, why in the world would a person speak inhaling instead of exhaling? That's so strange. But if you're in a hurry and you're trying to say a lot of words quickly, then yeah, the people people will do that. If you're very familiar with the words, right, and sometimes people start running out of air, but they don't want to pause to take in more air. So they will just continue speaking while inhaling. Right? And you, you, and you could do it. You could, you could actually whisper softly that way. What do you mean? Particularly Elena, because you know we want the insane. The kid is so fast; he's trying to finish Elena. The cottage, right? Right. 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 The cottage, you know, I, I think Elena that happens a lot, almost every right. So that's so that's a question. So if we understood what again. Let's go back to our definition of what speech is. Speech is taking my thoughts and expressing them out into the world, right? So there's definitely a big inyan. I won't say it's the halacha, but it's an inyan to speak breathing out. That your breath is called the, the neshima, that's the neshama, the neshama, neshima, right? 
and you bring it out of yourself and with it, it carries your voice. That's the way a person is meant to talk. So that, that's really the, the ideal. Okay. Um, so again, so she was speaking, but when Ailey, the high priest, was standing next to her, he couldn't hear her. In other words, she was whispering. She was speaking about in a whisper. And says the Gemara, we see from here that that's how we need to pray, with a whisper. And again, when we say, we're talking about tefillah, there's an entire discussion of tefillah, prayer, we mean what in colloquial would be the amida, the standing silent prayer. Now, it's not actually silent, it's the standing whispering prayer, right? And it's whispering because of this. Okay, so on the one hand, it has to be speech. And we see that Hannah was whispering in a way that others could not hear. Says the Gemara, if someone is davening to Hashem in a way where others can hear, he is miktane amuna. He is a, one of little faith. He doesn't. He's not a a, a, a true mamin. We'll talk about that, obviously. Why? Yeah. And... Quick question related to that. So, let's say, uh, what if you go out and don't feel when there's nobody there, and, like, you kind of scream the prayer, prayer out? Same thing. Yep. Like, good or bad? Bad. Ketane Muna. A person of little faith. And, and even more so, says the Gemara, there's one who raises his voice in prayer, not just that somebody else could hear if they were standing next to you, but that you literally raise your voice. That is minivie sheker. That person is like a false prophet, it's like from an idol. If you're singing Hashem's praises, if you're talking about Hashem, there's no problem to be loud. We're talking about talking to Hashem. That's right, but you're calling out is different than speaking to. Calling out means I'm not saying you're here with me. I'm calling out I feel unheard. Right? Whereas in the in the Shmonesre, you're staying in front of the king. Yeah? So first of all, Rashi says a very simple shot, right? He says, if you're staying in front of the king, so what are you raising your voice for? I mean, you might be standing far like uh, the king won't let you come uh, to a strong oh, you're standing far oh, away. So says Rashi, must be that if you're raising your voice, that you think he's not nearby. So you're miktane emuna. Because what happens? You open your eyes, and there's no king here. Okay, so now that means I have to call out loudly so that wherever he is in the seventh heaven, he can hear me. But if you have a muna, he's standing right in front of you. So what are you yelling for? When, when you're happy, like... Show me one time where you're going to be standing in front of the king and you're going to be yelling in his face. I was trying to think with celebrity stuff, but that's probably not a... Uh, uh, no, in a conversation, when you're speaking to them. Maybe mercy. No, that... But they're not having a conversation. Somebody's walking by and they're like, Oh, my God! Right, but that's... Like, like, like Mer, that was a good. What, what if you're like, like you know, you, you got some sort of wound, like ah, right. oh, chef, you know. And, and Wait, and he's standing right there, or he's like somewhere far away. I mean, you're 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 in an excited state, like oh, like a chef, like you know, I don't know, heal me. I mean, thank God I don't know. You know again, 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 again. You're talking to your child, and you you're telling him some very good news. 
they got into the school they wanted, or like, like it's. I, I've seen cases where like you step, you're standing right there, you tell them something good, and they're, 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 they start greeting you like yes, yes, yes. Okay, like good. Th that's not a conversation. That's a reaction. <laughs> Meaning, there's a difference between a just a um, as a word um, an emotional outburst, right? Emotional outburst versus a conversation. If you're having a conversation with a raised voice, it means that the person you're speaking to is not next to you. You don't have a conversation. Like, if you do, you're probably going to get a lot of really weird looks. Like, so, what are you, what, what are you guys going to do? It's like, whoa, I'm right here. Please. <laughs> you, you speak in a normal voice. I'm, I'm sitting next to you, right? So, that's, that's, uh, that's what the Rashi says. But he's raising his voice for the other people. He's raising his voice for the other people. They can hear Yes. So again, if if you are envisioning you're standing in front of the king, then you have to be standing in a proper way. For example, you have to be standing upright. You have to stand with your feet together in a way that you would stand in front of the king. And if that's the case, then you should also be whispering. Now, if you don't really think you're staying in front of the king, that's a different story. But then, like, uh, how you stand in front of the king, it's a matter of etiquette. Like, somebody has this one, somebody has another. Show me one country in the world. Show me one country in the world where someone speaks to the king sitting down. I would like to see a country like that. Kneeling, maybe? Kneeling? Kneeling. Oh, Oh, kneeling, sure. That's even more. No problem. That's, that's a high level. But I'm saying sitting down in a chair, no one talks to a king sitting down. With his feet up, like on the table, right? Show me one place in the world where that will happen. Never, right? As one goes throughout the course of the day, they should not think of Hashem. They should not speak to Hashem. Because they're not standing upright, formal. The point is that not that would not fall into this category of tefillah. What is it exactly? It's something, know, but it's not tefillah. But I think Roshkol keeps talking about it being a conversation. But we're not saying that you, if you, when you converse with God, we're saying in a specific when you're praying, it's as if it's a conversation you would have with a king. It's all these other examples seem to be you'd have a conversation, but it's okay but, to, to. But you're not having a conversation with the king. If you were having, if you were in the presence of the king, then how would you be able to be washing dishes? Now I'm not saying that when you're washing dishes, you shouldn't be talking to God, whatever that means. But what I am saying is that if you were aware, you cannot walk. You're not allowed to move when you're in the Shemalesa. You're not allowed to move. Okay. Why? Because it's disrespectful. Even, says that, what, what, you learned Mishnah's brachos? Even if there's a snake wrapped around your ankle, you can't move. Now, snakes, important to note, most snakes are not poisonous. Or even if poisonous, not poisonous to kill a person. If there's a scorpion, then, then yeah, you run. Right? But, because uh, scorpions are deadly. But a snake, it just bites it, it hurts a lot. What? If it's dangerous or not. Well, the assumption is they're not. Right, but I mean, it could be one that is. <laughs> Anything could happen. The roof could fall on your head. I mean, uh, but uh, that's, it's, it's not enough of a reason to go running. Right. Yeah. I know people who run for spot, what's it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wet, you know, Westerners is a different, different uh, thing. Westerners... Uh, our Easterners, they faint from from a spider or something. It's uh, anything, anything happens. <laughs> Different story. But that's what the mission is. Anyway, but the point is that when you're in the presence of the king, this behave. Okay. So what is that other thing? So if that thing is something else. But we're talking about the amida, 
Okay. Um, okay, so now, okay, so that was Rash. But the morale takes it a d- step deeper because he's, because the feet of morale, okay, let's say the, per, uh, he, had, he has a cash on Rash. Let's say that a person is speaking to Hashem in an audible voice because, not because he, he thinks Hashem can't hear him, but let's say because it will help him to concentrate. We can hear your own voice a little bit louder. You, you, it's easier to concentrate on those words. Okay, let's say drown out outside noise. Maybe we can come up with all sorts of things. So he wants to make it that it's that no that no that it's something has to do with the raised voice directly having to do with lack of a mundo. Furthermore, he wants to explain uh, why a person who screams is from the Vishak, from a person who's connected to uh, literally a false, uh, a false, uh, false, false spirituality, false, uh, false religion. So he says that the really, what is a Muna? A Muna is a person's ability to connect to the unseen, to the beyond, to the non-physical world. If you believe in Hashem, it, you're, you're, you're able, you're connecting to a very, very lofty spiritual place where this, where these, these decibels, you know, the loudness doesn't play a role. It, 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 there's no, the, the term used in Chazal is called Mama Daka. There, there's, there's a place where there's a silent little voice. In other words, where we, we, uh, where there is no of the, you know, the, the the physical nature of a raised voice, you can only get that get to that place when you're whispering. The moment you start raising your voice, you're down here. the 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 physicality is much more um, palpable. In fact, that's why the word. Amen, or the word emuna starts with the letter Aleph because the letter Aleph is the first letter. You're looking to get to the highest place. That's Aleph. And additionally, says the morale, like Shlomo just said, that Aleph, written out backwards, Aleph is Aleph Lamad Pei, written out backwards is Pella, which means transcendent. Uh, in a higher place from here. The letter Aleph doesn't make a sound. It's, it's, a, it's the only letter that's a quiet letter. Yeah? Because if you want to get to a place of a Muna, it has to be, in a, it has to be quiet. Okay? Uh, so, na- so a person raising his voice, so he doesn't have that. He, he's, not, he's obviously not connected. I think it's related to Rashi. I mean, in other words, what are you yelling for? You don't know I'm here? So in other words, if you can be in an intimate, you know, in a, in, a, in a locked away place with spirituality where raising your voice doesn't exist. There's no, no such thing. Yeah. That's what. When a person is speaking, so he's, so he's disconnected from emuna. He has only a little tiny bit of emuna. When a person is yelling, it means he's connected to externality. Not internality, externality. Nevi'i Sheker is all externality. There is no internality. There is no true spirituality inside of that, of, of false religions, false prophecy, idol worship, etc. So, the person who's yelling, it means for him, the religion is one of connecting to externality. Because the internality is quiet. It's the Aleph. Mm-hmm. Any questions on that? During davening, mean during the Shmonasri? 
We're talking about only the Shmona Esrei, where you're in the presence of the king, where you've penetrated to the inner chambers of spirituality. When you're starting out, when, when, when you're in the lower realms, you're not, yet, you're not yet up there in the realm of Amuna. So on the contrary, singing, Psuki the Zimra, for example, singing, so that's a way to arouse your emotions, so then you need to sing. And that's, by the way, a very appropriate place to raise your voice during Psuki the Zimra. Because that's how you, uh, singing is done in a louder fashion. You don't whisper sing. What? Yeah, it's like, uh, what is this? It's, uh, it's important. It's important to raise your voice during Psuki the Zimra. To, to get uh, to get excited about the fact that you're about to have a meeting with the king. Body movements? When I was in the Kolel in LA, there was like these younger guys, and they would have these really elaborate backing up. And, and oh, backing up is fine, because you're backing away. You're, you're, the moment you start backing away, you're, you're breaking out, you're walking out of that, of that hidden place. You're walking out of the palace. That's fine. Um, so shuckling is a big discussion. Shuckling is, is complicated. On the one hand, uh, the Shalor writes that any bodily movement is indeed a distraction from this inner place that you're looking to access. And many Gdolim, including Ramosha Feinstein, if you would look at them, you wouldn't see one muscle twitch the entire Shmanasra. Like, like literally like a statue. You'd be like, wait, is that like a person or a statue? Because the point is to get into this inner whispering place where not there is no physical. The moment the physicality starts moving, the moment you start moving, then the body is already involved. However, there are sources for shuckling specifically, which is a rhythmic shaking back and forth. It's based on a Zohar. Um, just like the trees shake in the wind, so to call us Mosai Tomarna, all of my bones sing Hashem's praises, etc. So that there is shuckling is uh, certainly has a place, but because also because kind of a helps a person maybe even get into a certain trance. Yeah, kind of you forget if a person stands still, you can kind of sometimes feel one foot getting a bit tired or another or maybe you know, a little bit of an itch in your right shoulder blade or whatever it is right but 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 if you're shuckling that that, that little bit of movement light shot i'm not talking about the guys that are practicing downhill skiing it's like the you know, stairmaster, whatever, you know, whatever, whatever it is that people are doing. That, not, not, that, that's for sure a terrible idea, terrible. But, uh, but, but, but a light shuckle can be like a, um, like a background, like a background noise, like um, what's it called? Term white noise, like a, like a white noise machine type of thing for physicality. In other words, it blocks out physicality. I mean, like raising your voice a little bit to drown out, drown out the outside noise. How is it different? No, because your voice is very is not really your voice is very focused. One word is different from the other. One word sounds different from it. Here, the point is just like a shh noise, right? It, it, which communicates nothing. It does nothing. It communicates nothing. It's just a way to yes. If you if you want you want to turn on a white noise machine while davening. Vakasha, go ahead. Okay? But you're, if you say, you know, whatever a word, Avinu, um, right? You say it loudly, so then, whoa, that was like, that, that the, the word took my attention instead of being in this inner place. Only one question? 
So we said that the Chazar Zashatz is fundamentally for the people in the room. If you don't do it loudly, then they can't hear you. Well, that's, yeah, the, the, the original Takana was if people don't know how to daven, the Gon says, if you haven't heard this Gon, it's Kedai to hear it. Very, otherwise, hard to Hashats. Okay, they didn't know how to daven. We don't know how to daven. Why do we have to suffer through the Chazar Hashats? Right? So the Gon says, no. Just like with Karbonus sacrifices, there was, there's an individual person's sacrifice that you could bring, and there's a communal sacrifice that we all bring together. So too, in the, in, the, in the tefillahs, you have your own personal prayer, and you have the communal prayer, everyone together. So, because there's a shot, is a communal sacrifice. We're going to talk about carbonos actually coming up. Looks like not tonight, but next week. Um, but, uh, listen, even though we're not making as much lateral progress in here, but uh, we're discussing a lot, of, a lot of the important topics in tefillah, which I think is a important to address. Oh, so anyway, so what I was saying is that, uh, yeah, so that th- those would be distractions from, uh, from that interplay. And, and, and if you were, again, I don't know if anyone here, I hope everyone here has had moments where you were what I would call in a zone, where you were like, immersed inside the tefillah, you, and you can feel you're, you're in the presence, almost to the point where it's scary to open your mouth, like to speak, like how to speak in the presence of Hashem. The entire time? No, no, one second. And in that moment, in, 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 during that time, right, first of all, you're whispering, you're for sure whispering, right? And you're not like, you're not clapping, you're not like waving your hands in the, in the, in the air or whatever it is, right? That's not doing it. So now the difference is, maybe what you have to do is you have to face the, face the reality that, that we are miktane muna. We're not on such a high level of muna. It's hard to access that inner place. And therefore maybe we use some of these crutches and some of these things. But it's important to recognize the ideal. The ideal is to get to a place where it's just my soft speech being conveyed to the king of the entire existence and nothing else. There's no physicality, there's no, there's no, uh, there's no movements, there's no raising a voice, there's nothing like that. I'm in a hidden place. I'm in a transcendent place. I'm in the inner chamber. Just like a palace has inner chambers where the king sits, in our heart we have an inner chamber where the connection to the king lies. And to get to that inner place, you have to turn inwards, you have to not be connected to the outside world. And any of these things, movements and raised voice and all these things tend to pull a person out of that inner world. So why people have their eyes closed. For sure. Either eyes closed or eyes focused on the letters of the Siddur, which can also act as a focusing point. But certainly to the, this is also why a person should wear a talus over his head during davening to block out the outside world. Okay. Yep. Zohar that we mentioned, that was mentioned. Yeah. Uh, that uh, Zohar is obligated to do it, or that is a permissibility. It's saying it's an Indian. So by by still you you fell off. No, you're not, I mean, you're not having that aspect of all of my bones trembling in the presence of Hashem. For that, you need to. Sh- that would be. That would require this very small movement. Yeah. Yeah, a different understanding of it, or maybe there's different approaches. 
if you if you stand absolutely still, I don't think you're going to lose out. Um, if you if you want to shuckle, that's you see very clearly it's a minig Yisrael, and there's sources for it, and it's perfectly fine. A small shuckle. Okay, um, so we'll just have an opportunity to just start the next Gemara. Um, yeah, I mean, it's really not a brand new topic. One second. I'll just tell you from the Ramchal something, maybe instead of starting a new topic, we have a couple minutes left. The Ramchal in Otsus Ramchal says every sutra achra, meaning the negative side of a person's Yetzirah, comes from the realm of hergish, of, um, of physical um, loudness and uh, movement and uh, something that is perceptible from from the realm of perceptibility from something that can be seen measured heard felt yeah and all kedusha is is belachash is all from uh, is in the realm of whispering and he says you see this in the capital Alama Yirgushu Hagoyim. Why do the why do the nations roar? Why why do, why are the nations uh, getting all riled up? Right. In other words, Hashem is saying it as a reproach to them, right? Because so you see that by the Goyim, they get worked up, they get riled up, you know, like the you know the the, the Arabs, right? They're, they're, one of their commanders gets gets, you know, shot right by a drone. So, what, so they're all screaming, yelling, by the you know, uh, vowing revenge, etc. Right at the, whereas that's that's a Yirgushu Lama Yirgushu Goyim. Whereas by us it's called Mamadaka. By, by us the, the kedusha is in the silent little voice. Find to find that inner place. Now just. It has to be whispered because anything, because if it would just be thought, then it's no longer the real me. Oh, I forgot to say to you that, that I told you there was an exception. There's a rare exception. A person who is mamash at tzadik gomer, a person who is living as fundamentally as in the shama, whose, so, so to speak, center of balance has shifted all the way up into his head, says the morale, he can daven just in the realm of thought. Because that's the real person, in the realm of thought, like Rishim Bar Yochai, maybe, right? But uh, for the rest of us mortals, we need to speak, but we want that speech to be as soft as possible. Okay, we have to stop here. Yeah.